Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil. I'm also joined, as always, by Terry, who's also in Minnesota with me, and Bob, who's in Virginia. We are three distinct voices, bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into this conversation. We want you to join in the conversation as well. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leave a message there. We also have a link in the description. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house here in Minnesota and in the Midwest. Now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations continue to be a light not only for us, but for you as well. Now let us welcome Terry and Bob into the conversation. On this episode of Strange Catholics, we're going to be talking about prayer. We're also going to be highlighting two beautiful saints from the United States, Venerable Father Augustine Tolton, who's had much publicity, especially in the last year since he was named uh, Venerable. And then we also have Sister Thea Bowman, two beautiful African-American on the way to sainthood that I think give us a great glimpse into some of the struggles they faced, but their perseverance. And as Father, uh, Venerable Father Augustine Tolton often said, was that we all may be one, just as Jesus said. Well, thank you, Phil. Good evening, my uh, dear brothers in Christ. Always good to gather together with you in the virtual world. Since we're uh, about a half a country apart, Bob uh, out in Virginia and both Phil and I, here in Minnesota. So the electronic world is that we can still gather, gather together to share our thoughts, share our feelings, share the things that are happening in our lives uh, through this great podcast, right? Right. Hi to, our hi to our fans in, in France. <laughs> and Germany and the UK. Yes. Yeah, we, we're international. Wow. Don't let that go to your head, Bob. Okay. It's already gone. <laughs> so terry get me back on the right path with talking about prayer all right so prayer for me prayer is absolutely the cornerstone of my day and it doesn't have to be um anything really complicated but for me how i do it and this is just how i do it doesn't necessarily have to be how anybody else does it uh I always start my day with the uh, Christian prayer, a, a shortened version or an abridged version of the Liturgy of the Hours, and it really grounds my day and, and centers my day. And I also, uh, most days, not always, uh, conclude my day with evening prayer as well. And it's just a nice way to bundle the day up and say, I give it to you, God. So, in fact, tonight, as I am preparing for this podcast, we are recording this podcast on Saturday evening. Uh, we've just celebrated the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and two of the intercessions with evening prayer tonight are very timely, and I'd like to share them uh, with our listeners. Uh, first of all, the one intercession is... King of Peace, send your spirit on the leaders of the world 
turn their eyes toward the poor and the suffering. The second intercession is protect and defend those who are discriminated against because of race, color, class, language, or religion, that they may be accorded the rights and the dignity which are theirs. So for me, God speaks to me and encourages my life and directs my life through the great liturgy of the hours. How about you, Bob? Prayer is obviously very, very important. I'm not as structured in my prayer time than maybe Terry is, probably especially Phil is. You guys are a little bit more structured, I think, than I am. Um, and, and prayer can take different forms for me. So, um, you know, I, I say a lot of prayers during the day. I don't always do a good job of setting that time aside. And, and what I, and, and I'm wrong for that. What I, what I push out to, to our folks listening all over podcast land international now is that you don't know how important prayer is until you, you take that time during the day to just get away from everything else, have that quiet time and, and, to, and to say some prayers to God, whether, whether it's the liturgy of the hours, which is a wonderful structure, what we do, which I'm not, I, you know, I'm honest to say that I don't always get to both the morning and the evening prayer, which are the bookends of the liturgy hours that we do. Uh, I try to at least listen to them every day if I can. But for folks out there, which I think is really, really important, is just to take that quiet time, whether it's in your car on a commute to work, whether it's you're on a walk, just that quiet time to to say a few words to God. And then also a lot of prayer can be listening as well. You know, just allowing God to come in and to talk to you and have that kind of conversation inter internally. And certainly there, you know, we have all these wonderful Catholic prayers we say, and we should be saying those for our country, for our leaders, especially in this troubled time. Uh, my wife uh, wants, has part of a prayer group that like every night about eight o'clock, I think it's eight o'clock central time say a prayer for the United States of America with all the troubling things that are going on right now. Um, and then the other prayers that Terry mentioned. So, so prayer is really the foundation uh, for, for us. It's really a centering, right? Do you remember centering prayer from our, from our studies? You know, yeah. I, I love the centering, you know, centering prayer. You know, we, that is, to, you know, when you feel like you're getting off on task, maybe, you know, you're off balance. That's a better way to put it. Off balance, you need to bring it back and get in balance, get centered. Centering prayer, you know, this brings up again some of the stuff we talked about, I think, last week a little. Did we mention St. Ignatius uh, Loyola last week about, you know, prayer and, you know, prayer is such an important part in doing things when we're in uh Consolation. There we go. And consolation with God, right? That's when mm -hmm. we should be making decisions. So mm -hmm. prayer is a big part of that, you know, and that, and I think that's just a little bit outside of, you know, the structural part of Catholic Christian prayer, which is very, very important, which we should be doing. So 
but but prayer is much more than that. I agree, Bob. And coming from the catechism, I love this answer to what is prayer uh, from St. Therese of Lisieux. For me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. And I think that so well highlights, you know, how we're bringing everything to God. The things we're thankful for, the things we're struggling with, the things that we're angry with God about. We bring everything in prayer, uh, not holding anything back because God can take it. You know, he wants that conversation, that relationship, that that intimacy. He, we don't need to hold anything back. Um one a number of tips I like to add, especially to someone that is just kind of starting out in prayer is starting slow. Don't don't aim for that holy hour every day, because if you try to start out, you know, running the marathon, it doesn't go well. Uh, you probably won't make it very far, much less, you know, a mile or two. So starting slow, even just five minutes, you know, everyone is different. Some people like to start prayer in the morning. Some people, you know, they'll, they'll kind of set aside that time at different times of the day. But just making a time that you're going to do it and just stick to that, even if the prayer is dry. So opposite of what Bob was talking about, this is, you know, what St. Ignatius would call desolation. Mm -hmm. You don't feel the fruits of the prayer. You still persevere because you said you were going to do this and you just don't quit. Um, and one of the big uh, highlighting again, what Bob said, you know, the importance of listening. So often I think we go to prayer and we have this laundry list of things we want to say, you know, we start with our adoration, our Thanksgiving, and then our petitions are, you know, half an hour long. So the, the highlighting listening and starting, you know, really making sure that we take time to listen and not it doesn't mean that the only thing we're doing is just sitting in silence because we can listen to God speak to us through through Holy Scripture as well. So we can be praying with Scripture and see how God is speaking to us through that as well. But time in silence, I'm a big fan of. Not everyone likes silence, so you can just dive into Scripture to help. Um, and anything that you get stuck on, reading in sacred, sacred Scripture, something that, you know, you hear someone else say, whatever it might be, just take that to the Lord. And that's all a process of discernment, the listening, the reading, the taking it to the Lord, and then just seeing what's moving you closer to our Lord and what's pulling you away. Those, Ignatian, those Ignatian rules are important. I will say that. Um, it was, um, for lack of a better term, when through our education, went through and, and discovered the Ignatian rules that, that for me was like getting hit over the head with a two by four. It was like, this makes sense. This is why this is going on in me right now, this struggle or this great joy, whatever it may be. So uh, I absolutely love uh, the 14, the, well, actually 14. And then there's the second set of rules that are eight uh, of St. Ignatius, because uh, it really speaks to uh, where you can be at in, in your, both your prayer life and in your personal life. How long did it take you to Google that? Um, 
<laughs> I actually, I actually still have my textbook. You'd be, you'd be impressed, Bob. I, from, I wrote from, a, from yeah. that class. So yeah, I wrote a, I wrote a long paper on. Uh, yes, you did. Saint Ignatius. Yeah. Bob Saint Ignatius. He's one of my favorites. Just to expand it, I mean, our Catholic prayers that we do, rope prayers, other types of prayers, they're wonderful prayers, and those prayers are great. I, I just encourage those out there. Your conversation with God is really prayer, right? So, you know, be respectful and, and start off with, hey, you know, thank you for what's going on. Thank you for creating me, creating the world, right? Because you didn't do that. You know, you know, he did that. So, so do that, start that. And then if you're upset, your, your life is not going in the right direction. You know, what the heck's going on? It's okay to have that conversation. That is kind of a prayerful conversation because you're making time for God. You're trying to discern, you know, something, you, you, what's going on with you and you have that open communication that is a prayerful communication with God and then just listen like we've just been talking about quiet listen and and, and allow the Holy Spirit to come and and, and give you some ideas of, of where you need to go and that is a lot of what Saint Ignatian did talk about you know being in consolation with God to make those types of decisions. Agreed. And I would add one of my favorite um, components of the rules is that while in desolation, so that time when there's, we're getting nothing from prayer, it feels empty. It feels like we're wasting time. That's when St. Ignatius says we should add to whatever we're doing. So whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, which seems counterintuitive. And every time I speak to, I like to mention that component of the rules and kind of expand on for those that are newly confirmed to help them see that, you know, the time when it seems most likely that we should be adding more because if we're getting nothing, you know, it just feels empty and dry, like a waste of time, all this stuff, instead of pulling back, which is kind of the natural reaction. That's, you know, kind of our you know, the way of the world that wants to pull us away, spirit, uh, you know, the evil spirit, whatever. Um, if we add to rather than subtract, doesn't mean that the desolation just immediately goes away. Some people are, you know, given that heavy cross for many decades. But if we can add to while we're in that time, the fruits that come from that, whether we see that immediately or not, are going to go far beyond just even, you know, our own spiritual life. It can really have a positive impact just on how we see how God is moving around us, how we can start to get that glimpse of how God is moving, even in that time when it feels isolated, alone. You know, we really feel like we're the only one on the same battle. You know, there's, there's beautiful fruits that can come from doubling down. I, I, I would add to that. Well, and one point, Phil, that you brought up uh, a little bit earlier in the conversation um, was that um, talking about prayer between a married couple. And uh, I would like to highlight that as well, because I really believe that prayer between a married couple is essential. Having that conversation with God, setting aside that time 
as a married couple, as a husband and wife, to honor your covenantal relationship with one another, as well as with God, and making sure that you are keeping the lines of communication open, not only between the two of you, but also with God, because it doesn't take two people to make a marriage work. It takes three. Amen. Amen. One, one last thing I want to say about prayer and, and maybe kind of a, you know, highlight on rote prayer. Uh, Cause I think sometimes um, there'll be people that will kind of look down cause they'll say, well, you're just doing exactly what Jesus said not to do. Cause you're just kind of mumbling through these things. Um, if you make those rote prayers, one of my favorite prayers is the Holy Rosary. So if you make that rosary, you know, a, a meditation on the life of Christ or whatever that mystery might be as you're kind of walking with Jesus, I, I think then it adds so much more because you're able to to kind of really place yourself um, in that mystery and it adds more depth to that prayer and just leaning on our blessed mother, asking for her to intercede for whatever the things are that you have on your heart, as, especially as a family. It's a, it's a very powerful prayer. And some of the things the kids will say is what they're praying for will always kind of make you take a step back. I think. Amen. Well, I welcome, I welcome all non-believers who listen to this podcast. I, I don't know if there are any, but those who are non-believers who, or who are questioning their faith, but what I offer to them is just take some time, take some time and, and, and some quiet time and listen and, and speak to God, but also listen and ask those questions, those questions of, are you real? I mean, you know, those questions that you have, do that prayer time and, and see what, comes out of it for you i think you'll be surprised and again to get to come back to your point and listen wait for the response because god's time is not our time and therefore you may not get the response right away that you desire but be open and listening for god's response well said so all right i think we're gonna we're gonna just take a short pause right now and we'll move on to our next topic all right, we're back from the break, and we're going to talk about some saints. Phil? Yeah, our first saint, or, or venerable, I should say, on the path to sainthood is Venerable Father Augustine Tolton. And I came across his story, pro it, it, it was at least a year ago when I first discovered him and kind of this beautiful story of this once slave who was the America's first black priest. Um, there are many articles written about him. There are, you know, great depth to details. Um, St. Luke Productions is putting on a live drama, expanding on and helping people experience who Father, Venerable Father Augustine Tolton was and the path that he took to be a Catholic priest. So, he was born in 1854 in Missouri and his parents were slaves. So he also became one. His parents were also Catholic. And so he was able to experience even amidst the great trials that they had to take on. He was still able to experience, you know, 
his holy faith, the Catholic faith. Uh, his father, Peter, was a very honest and good man, um, worked very hard. And when the Civil War broke out, he went to go fight. And he would never see his father again after he left. So I think there's importance there to just see that that dedication of service, which definitely had an influence on Venerable Father Augustine Tolton. To that, he also had this really beautiful witness of the priest where they were at in Quincy, Illinois. Although many people were not a big fan necessarily across the board of having uh, African-Americans in their congregation, the priest there was very supportive and was trying to find opportunities to encourage and bolster up those, especially uh, Venerable Father Augustine Tolton, the priest is Father McGurr. He was an Irish priest, and he kind of wasn't afraid of of the things that the congregation was saying. And so when he mentioned kind of confirming with Venerable Father Augustine Tolton that he thought he should be a priest, it was an answer to, uh, at the time, Augustine Tolton's prayer. It took them a long time to find a seminary that would accept Augustine to their seminary. He actually had to go to Rome because no seminary in the United States would accept him at that time. Augustine thought that he would be a missionary in Africa. So when he left for Rome, he did not plan on coming back. There was the interceding of a cardinal that knew him well, that guided him back to the United States to serve as a missionary priest. And I think all of these things, all of these different ways, you can just see God's hand moving. The uh, first parish that he went to, where he was assigned when he came back, did not accept him very well at all. In fact, they uh, many people threatened to remove, you know, you wanted a new roof, well, then we won't donate, you know, all this different stuff. So he is eventually moved uh, for threat of his life uh, to Chicago, where he was much more well-received. There were still many trials, but all along the way, um, he, uh, Venerable Father Augustine Tolson, often would say, you know, who is going to bring the bread of Christ to those that are suffering? You know, these that are just newly freed slaves, who is going to preach this word? that all may be one, not just to the newly freed slaves, but to all people so that everyone could see that everyone was created in God's, created in the image and likeness of God, the human dignity. I, th I think there's so many things that Venerable Father Augustine Tolton said that I think we see echoed in uh, Martin Luther King's beautiful, uh, in his life as well. So there's, there's these beautiful parallels. Uh, there's a book by, Deacon Harold Burke Silvers also highlighting the life of Venerable Father Augustine Tolton. It, just a, a venerable, I strongly encourage you to look into more because there's so much in this life and the richness of the witness that he gave. He died at a very young age. Um, uh, there was 40, 43 years old, I think is what I read. Yes. Um, they, they say that he died of a very tired heart because he gave his yes. life so tirelessly 
to service of God's church. So it's, it's a beautiful witness of this beautiful man that was just named venerable about a year ago. And someone I think that is, would be especially important for us to lean on and ask for his intercession in these trying times. Agreed. Hey, there's a great name though, Augustine Tolton, right? Anytime you have Augustine in there, it's a great name. Um, and, and I think, you know, when you read about his story, I mean, some, I think sometimes we think about the South as being, you know, the where slavery was and, and that's where the oppression was. But what we forget is this other stuff that African-Americans have been talking about, this culture for the last 400 years. It wasn't just the South. It was in Quincy, Illinois. It was in other parts, right? It was being in segregated communities and all this other stuff, even in the North or by priests who should have just all welcomed him. Right. And, and they didn't. Um, so I, I can understand an Irish priest, you know, welcoming him because, you know, the Irish folks came to this country and they were treated like outcasts as well. They were not slaves, but they were treated like outcasts in any way. So, Indeed. Right. So I, I think he's a, he's quite a heroic figure and, uh, and we can learn a lot from his story and uh, especially in, in today's trying times that race is such a prevalent issue recently in the news. Agreed. Agreed. I do like the uh, last article uh, or excuse me, the last paragraph rather of the article uh, that we were uh, looking through and kind of uh, discussing before we began this podcast. Um, and that is the faith is more than bricks and mortar. However, in 2011, after initial investigation at the behest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, Father Augustine Tolton was declared servant of God. The stone rejected had become a living stone upon which now future generations would build. And I think he, you know, I think that's very appropriate. He built a legacy of having more African-American priests become priests. And he was that stone that, uh, you know, can, that can be you, uh, that was built on the foundation of, uh, opening that up. And I, I think it all ties back to, you know, that, that prayer that Jesus says that all might be one, you know, that, that where he's extorting to the father, that all might be one where so many times people will bring. And we talked about this on our, on our second podcast, where we talked about, you know, some of those prejudices that every individual has some, you know, preconceived notions, whatever, whatever people might want to call it, we all have some kind of a bias with, uh, and, and it's working to overcome some of those biases that we have. Some friends that I've had for, for quite a few years, you know, looking at what is a common goal that we can come together on? How can we work to listen and hear each other without jumping the gun with our own ideas or our own thoughts or our own perceptions. And then also 
really having, you know, like a zero tolerance where we don't allow the people that we're close to, to, you know, make racist remarks or, you know, to really try and squash that, um, you know, not necessarily institutionally, this is more of like a social where we, we are stepping up to, to get on top of and tell people that, you know, you need to see them how they are created. Yes, I know we're a ways from that in our country, but I think in our smaller circles, we can start to stand up when we hear people say things to help stem the tide that uh, has has been a growing swell as it seems as things are reaching more of a boiling point in our country. Well, and I think too, to, to your point, Phil, all it takes is, you know, somebody like a, a, a father Tolton to start the tide rolling so that other priests are uh, accepted as, as, or other men, excuse me, are accepted as priests. Same way now where we can stem the tide with starting those conversations and, and not being accepting of racist comments and being loving to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. It kind of brings me back to um, Bob. You may remember this too, singing this in church um, maybe a few years back uh, an old uh, Catholic song. They'll know we are Christians by our love. And if we go out and if we love as Christ calls us to love one another, what kind of effect, what kind of ripple effect can that create in our world? Absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think that we're, we're starting to make some headway in the discussion and we're kind of in a really messy period now again. Um, you know, a lot of people are inflamed over the current situations and, and rightfully so uh, about a lot of institutionalized things that are out there that we may take for granted. So, um, you know, we're three white folks um, and we, you know, the, the things that we may say that may somehow be offensive to somebody else that we don't think are offensive because they may just be some things that are ingrained into our society. So, uh, you know, this is a good time to do a lot of listening and hear those folks who have been oppressed and have, have a lot of pain and, and, you know, understand where they're coming from. So, and then, you know, with the, with the, we talked about it on previous podcasts, but it's that type of thing. So, and I think that this is a wonderful, wonderful two venerables to kind of, you know, look at and hold up and have in that whole conversation. So agreed. And I don't know that we're going to necessarily be able to do justice to this uh, beautiful response that sister Thea provided. Uh, to a response to kind of uh, to Martin Luther King and what he was trying to start the movement he was trying to get going 
that did eventually get going, but her reflections on it. And because I don't want to cut it short and I know we're running short on time, I will link to this article uh, highlighting uh, what she wrote. And I think it gives a great glimpse and a beautiful reflection on her, um, her seeing the dream that Martin Luther King had and, you know, how that progressed. So I think there's, there's a lot in this and I don't want to just cut it short by not giving it the due time. I definitely wanted to focus on venerable father, Augustine Tolton, because uh, he's a beautiful venerable that, you know, up until about a year or so ago, I hadn't probably heard very much about, but I, you know, I've heard a lot more talk about him, especially in the last year and even the last couple months. So, and then, and then obviously, you know, we encourage everyone to go to the link because there's a lot of great reading on her as well. Indeed. And I'll add this link and then another link I have for some other reference for sister Thea Bowman as well, who's being considered for venerable as well. So uh, I think the synopsis would be is that she recognizes the great work that uh, Reverend Martin Luther King put forth, but that the dream was not yet realized. Uh, and, and she's helping to, to show, you know, the great work, the struggles that have been put forth, um, but that were not yet there yet. Uh, what, um, talking about specifically, you know, that day when all God's children, red, brown, black, white, yellow, no longer dispensed, rejected, disposed, or set apart, may become one nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And I think that is a great summary of everything she talked about. Uh, and I think it shows a great reflection on where where we were when she wrote this, but then I would say still where we are yet today because I don't think everyone still sees, you know, we're still working as a country to see each other in the, you know, with that innate human dignity in which they were created. Well, we're getting towards the end of our show. And so before we go to our final prayer, we just like to thank all the listeners all over the world for listening and, and to encourage others to subscribe and make comments and listen to our podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcast, uh, Anchor, and Phil can give you some more information on that. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, and we also have an email address if the message function doesn't work for you, strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Also be linked in the, in the show notes please do reach out. We appreciate your reviews on iTunes. Those seem to be where most of our listeners are coming from and where most people are getting podcasts today. So we really would appreciate uh, writing. Uh, we appreciate especially five-star reviews, but all are welcome. That really helps the podcast go into the new and noteworthy where people will see it and then they can experience what our prayer is, is that you may be a reflection of the light of Christ for those that you encounter by the brief conversation we have with each other. All right, so let's wrap this up with Terry and a wonderful colic prayer. <laughs> All right, let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God of all graciousness and goodness, we thank you 
and we praise you for the ability to come together and to hold your name up uh, in this most unique and highly communicative tool. We just ask that through our words and, and through this podcast that we turn the hearts of people toward back towards you and towards your church and all of the great, wonderful people like uh, the two, Thea Bowman and Augustine Tolton that we highlighted tonight. And God, we just pray that you will move our hearts toward love and, to, and to, toward peace in our lives. And we pray all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Father's Amen. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and that it helps you continue to dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ and His Church. If you would like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics. You can leave us a message there. We will play and respond to your question or comment as we are able in the next episode. We ask that you share this podcast and this episode especially with at least one person. This will help get the word out and help more people to join in the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. This really helps podcasts get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day, and may God bless you.